Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Keezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. Here's the lineup for this week's uh, edition of the podcast. My Gazette colleague Mike Legato will be on board to uh, talk horse racing. Of course, the Belmont Stakes taking place Saturday down at Belmont Park. And we have to keep an eye on the situation involving the Canadian wildfire. The smokes that's uh, from that wildfires up in Canada have made their way down towards us. And uh, it caused the cancellation of the Belmont race car for Thursday. So we have to keep an eye on that. Uh, we, Mike and I talked on Wednesday prior to the announcement uh, that Belmont was canceling its Thursday card. We do talk about the wildfires and how it could affect uh, the Belmont Stakes on Saturday. And after that, Union College Women's Hockey Senior Captain Emily King will be on along with her head coach Josh Skiba. We'll talk about King's return to the team uh, next season. Uh, Kind of a mild surprise, but a good surprise for the Dutch women. We'll explain how she was able to work that out, despite the fact that Union does not offer graduate uh, programs. So we'll talk about that. So uh, coming up next, Mike McAdam and I will talk Belmont Stakes here on the Parting Shots Podcast. Hey, auto racing fans. The Daily Gazette's auto racing contest is back. Here's how to play. Pick the top five finishers in the weekly NASCAR race and get a chance to win a $50 ShopRite gift card. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. The Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is run by the Advertising Department and not affiliated with the Sports Department. Take the Daily Gazette, the local voice of the Capital Region, along with you wherever you go. Want to win an Apple iPad? Download the app at either the Apple App Store or Google Play and enter the contest inside the app to win. Don't wait. The contest ends July 31st at midnight. The winner will be notified by the email used to enter the contest. Good luck! Hi, this is Union Men's Hockey alum, Charlie Moxham. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Schott. The final leg of the horse racing Triple Crown takes place Saturday at Belmont Park with the Belmont Stakes. And our reporter, Mike McGannon, will be there on Saturday to cover the race. And uh, Mike, as we tape here on Wednesday, uh, the air quality uh, situation uh, is sort of in flux right now. Um Current conditions, what's the situation as uh, we look towards Saturday? I talked to Naira this morning um, around lunchtime just to get an update on what the situation is. Uh, It sounds like if the current conditions kind of hold, they'll they'll be fine. They're supposed to race on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You know, they got a bunch of stakes races going on both of those days besides, um, you know, a, a stacked card on Saturday for Belmont Stakes Day. So... Um, they did have, I did check Equibase, there were a couple dozen horses who breezed, have published workouts up at the Oklahoma Training Track in Saratoga Springs. So right now they're all systems go, unless it, it takes a turn for the worse. Um, it looks like we're going to be okay, but it is a fluid situation, so who knows. Um, they did cancel the Wednesday and Thursday cards at Delaware Park and Finger Lakes in Central New York. Um, they canceled after the third race on Tuesday. Um, but if you look at the air quality index numbers, uh, both of those places are in worse shape than 
the New York metro area and Saratoga for that matter. So, if, excuse me, the way things stand right now, it looks like uh, we should be okay. Yeah. I mean, what would happen if they ended up canceling? Would they wait a week? Or, I mean, what well, the weird thing is, is like, you know, with this, with this AQI and all this wildfire smoke in the air, you know, you can kick the can down the road, but what if it's no better in yeah. a couple of days? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, um, you know, just from a timing standpoint, I mean, I guess they could, you know, they have a, a, a race card schedule for Sunday too, I think. I think they still run that Sunday card. Um, so, you know, you can't really kick the can too far down the road. Uh, these horses are ready. You know, I know there's been instances where they've canceled cards because of heat index, things like that where they make their best effort to uh to recard those races down the line somewhere and you know generally what they do is they redraw it and and things like that but um you know this is a little bit different animal when you got the belmont stakes and like i already mentioned there's a ton of really big stakes races um you know a lot of breeders cup horses are running at belmont on saturday a lot of horses that ran in the big stakes races on church on Kentucky Derby Day on May 5th and 6th, they're going to be coming back. Um, we, we'll get to some of those. Yeah. But you, you, you don't really have a lot of options for something like this. And, um, you know, I guess you just got to keep your fingers crossed and hope Mother Nature and, and whatever else cooperates. Yeah. No triple crown on the line this year, but, you know, we can go back. This is the 50th anniversary of a Secretariat's amazing triple crown run and the way he run, won the Belmont Stakes going away. And then, an old familiar voice coming back to, uh, to uh, call the race uh, at Belmont Park on Saturday for he's going to do it for Fox Sports' Tom Durkin. So it's like old old school week here. Yeah, and, and I was doing my research this afternoon, and there's actually kind of an interesting connection between Tom, who was the uh, Naira race, you know, legendary race caller on the Naira circuit for 24 years before he um, before he retired in, after the 2014 Saratoga meet. Um and that connection being with Secret Secretariat, all the celebration stuff that's going on there, um, I was looking up, they, they do have a cool little feature at Belmont Park, it's called the Secretariat Pole, and it's this thin um, blue and white checkered pole uh, just inside the 16th pole that is painted in the silk color of Secretariat, and that's to show you what the margin of victory was for him on that day that he won the Belmont Stakes in 1973 to complete the Triple Crown. And the pole's like way up the track. <laughs> so, I, and you know, the second place horse was like 31 lengths behind. It's a legendary number in all sports. You know, when you think of like Babe Ruth's home run total and everything, um, Hank Aaron, 755, number 31 is always associated with Secretariat. Um, but the connection with Tom Durkin is the fact that it was actually his idea to um, to put that pole there, and the way that worked was he was getting ready to call the uh, 2004 Belmont when Smarty Jones was trying to win the um, the the Triple Crown and, and the Belmont Stakes, and he had an idea. He was so confident that Smarty Jones was going to do it that he did a stand-up interview for NBC where he had the Naira grounds crew wheel out, you know, whatever their tape measure thing is that they use to survey the distances and wheel it all the way back to um, 31 lengths so that he could put a piece of red tape on the rail and stand there to do his stand-up. And as it turns out, um, 31 lengths 
equates to 253 feet and two inches. Don't forget the two <laughs> inches. So he did a stand up there in 2004. Of course, Smarty Jones subsequently not only did he win by 30, not win by 31 lengths, he also got beat by Birdstone in a big stunner. But then uh, later in 2013 was when he sort of expanded on that idea and suggested to Naira to put the pole in there. So, and then 2014, of course, was his last. Um, Belmont Stakes call that he did before he retired and he had called, I don't know what his record is, but he was like oh for something calling um, potential triple crowns, including that Smarty Jones one, but also 2014 was California Chrome. Everybody thought he was going to finally break the, the drought and uh, and that was Tom's last Belmont. And then of course Larry Colmas took over the following year and bang, right. America Farrell <laughs> wins, wins the triple crown. So it was sort of like a um, little, little nudge to Tom there. Um, but apparently that was his idea to put that pole there. So there's a little serendipity there between him coming back to call the races for Fox uh, this year and also coinciding with the 50th anniversary of Secretariat. And speaking of Fox, this is their first time uh, covering the uh, Belmont Stakes. Uh, and uh, you, you and I talked beforehand about it seems like the Belmont Stakes has always been a different animal when it comes to television. Right. Uh, Fox has obviously has done some horse racing with the uh, uh, Nyrish, uh, America's Day at the races that they do at Belmont, at Aqueduct, at Saratoga during the uh, Saratoga meet. Uh, they've done the Traverse Sakes the last couple of years. So what are you expecting from their coverage? Um, well, having Tom on there certainly is going to enhance it. We love Tom. Um, if you ever watch the, you know, the Naira produced show, um, as you already mentioned, the afternoon show where they do live, you know, it's like a five hour broadcast where they basically, um, they bounce between um, whatever Naira track is running and a couple other ones like Churchill Downs is included in their lineup right now. It's a pretty, pretty smooth, um, slick operation with people who know what they're talking about. So, um, I, I you know, I'm, people, people watching the Fox broadcast are, are, uh, are going to feel comfortable with everything that's going on there. I think the show is from 4 to 7.30 on Saturday, and Durkin will be calling all of the races during that segment, which includes the Jaipur, Met Mile, Manhattan, and then finally Belmont State. So he'll actually only be calling four races uh, on live TV that day. Well, before we get into the races, you mentioned Churchill Downs being in the mix. Obviously not now because of the uh, they suspended racing at right. uh, Churchill Downs because of the uh, number of... Uh, horse racing deaths has happened there was that the right call to uh suspend the racing there um i mean it's the right pr call uh, no one has determined that anything was wrong with the, the racing surface itself um none of the horsemen's horsemen anecdotally have had a problem with it so um it seems like a, more of a pr move where they had to do something and uh you know while they are shut down, they're running at Ellis Park in Kentucky, you know, instead of at Churchill now. Um, they're, you know, going over the whole track with a fine-tooth comb and investigating. And, you know, we still have necropsies that take about a month to, to process to see if there's any information to be gleaned from those. Um, so, I, I mean, I, like I said, I think it's the right PR move, but I don't know that it was necessarily the right move based on um, the circumstances of the deaths and everything. I guess they had to do something, and this is that. Um, but we'll, we'll see what sort of results they get out of it. I mean, it's it's notable that when they announced that they were suspending Churchill for the remainder of their spring meet, they still ran like a Saturday and Sunday yeah. card there, so there couldn't have been that much immediate 
obvious concern over the race about the race surface itself. Um, and the other thing is, and I, this is the final point I'll say on this, is whenever you have these like rashes of spikes of, of deaths, which Saratoga certainly experienced a number of years ago, more recently Santa Anita, um, they're, they're multifactorial and you know, they, there's different causes and different circumstances where you can't really necessarily pinpoint one thing. Like if it's all breakdowns on the main track, then obviously something's wrong with the main track. But, you know, there's a there's sort of a wide variety of um, how these horses died. So, it, you know, it's, it's hard to identify, you know, a common thread that, that you can look at and try to fix that, yeah. uh, which is one of the things that makes it really frustrating. Gazette Horse Racing writer Mike McGadden joining us here on the Parting Shots podcast. Uh, let's get into the races. Uh, there's a couple of interesting stake meets on Friday that have you, uh, you, you're focused on. And some of the undercards on Saturday have some good stuff. Yeah, the undercard on Saturday is ridiculously good. Um, on Friday, to give you just a little taste, a couple of things I'm interested in watching is uh, in Italian running in the Just a Game for trainer Chad Brown. She won the Diana at Saratoga last year. and finished second in the Breeders' Cup, so she'll she'll be one to watch. There's only five horses in there. Chad Brown is, seems like he wins that race. It's a mile on the turf. Seems like he wins it every year. And then speaking of him, he's got <laughs> half the field in the New York, which is a turf race for Phillies and Mares, uh, going a mile and a quarter. Um, uh, he's got four of the eight entered in there, but he doesn't have Warlike Goddess, who's one of my favorite horses. She won the Glens Falls at Saratoga last year, and then finished third in the Breeders' Cup turf running against males, um, which I believe Bill Mott, if I remember correctly, he put her in that race instead of the Philly and Mare turf that in Italian ran in because he, he liked the mile and a half distance for her better than the mile and a quarter for the Philly and Mare race. And then the other one on Friday that I like, that I'm interested in is uh, Money's Gold running in the Acorn. Um, I saw her finish second by a head in the Eight Bells on uh, Kentucky Oaks Day. Uh, in the earlier this spring, and uh, she had been undefeated until that one. So um, I'll run through the Saturday ones quickly. Uh, True North, uh, we get to see Elite Power. He's won six straight. He won the Breeders' Cup Sprint. His only start this year was in Saudi Arabia. He's the best sprinter in, in North America. Um, his stablemate, Cody's Wish, which we've talked about a number of times before, you know, the young man in the wheelchair with suffering from that rare ailment who uh, Cody's Wish is named after. He's won five straight. He's in the, the Met Mile. Um, uh, so we're going to be interested to watch him. We saw him win the, the Churchill Downs on uh, Derby Day. Um, the Jaipur is interesting because Caravel is in there, and she she won the um, Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, another Philly slash mare who, who beat uh, males in the um, – in the uh, ran against males on Breeders' Cup day, but she she won as opposed to Warlike Goddess who came in third. Um, so she's in the Jaipur, makes that race very interesting. Um, the Woody Stevens, which is kind of the three-year-old turf, uh, three-year-old sprint race um, that leads to races like the Allen Jerkins on Travers Day. Um, we're going to see Arabian Lion for trainer Bob Baffert. He's coming off a first-place finish in the Sir Barton, after which. Baffert said I should have run him in the Preakness instead of this shorter Sir Barton, but apparently he's going to keep him sprinting anyway because he's in the Woody Stevens. And then the one I'm most uh, eager to see is the Ogden Phipps um, because it's a matchup between Secret Oath and Clarier who have quite the rivalry going against each other. Um, so far this year, uh, Secret Oath beat Clarier in the Azari and then finished uh, 
second tour by a neck in the apple blossom both of those races at oaklawn park so clary air kind of has the upper leg in the older philly and mare division on you know going longer distances on the on the uh, dirt so and and throw search our old friend search results in that race too but secret oath going banging heads against clary air again um that's the best sort of like head-to-head matchup on the undercard i would say Well, let's look at Saturday's Belmont Stakes. Uh, Forte, who was supposed to be the favorite in the Kentucky Derby, got scratched. That has missed the Preakness. Is the favorite for the Belmont at 5-2. to two. Is he your pick? He's not my pick. Oh. In fact, I have him third. Okay. He is the 5-2 to two morning line favorite. Um, my pick, I'm going back to my Derby pick, which was Tappet Trice, uh, Forte's stablemate for trainer Todd Pletcher. Um I know it's probably easy to look at Tappet Trice as kind of a grinding plotter, but mile and a half, and if there's a little bit of speed in here to set him up, um, you know, I, I go back to uh, when I picked Medallia Dioro, whatever year he was uh, uh, in the Derby in the Belmont, and I'm trying to figure out who to pick in in the Belmont, and and I'm like, well, you like Medallia Dioro in the Derby. Why don't you like like him in the Belmont too? So I picked him. And then of course he got gets beat by seventy to one Sarava, um, and finished second place. And uh, so I was real thrilled about that. But I got Tappet Trice on top. I'm going to give him another chance. I don't think he ran that badly in the in the Derby. He came in seventh, was kind of picking up some pieces in the stretch. And if he gets that extra. A uh, quarter of a mile, maybe that'll be what he needs to get. Um, he's a good horse. Um, second place, I've got Angel of Empire was third in, in the uh, by a, only a length and a half in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, very highly regarded uh, horse for trainer Brad Cox. I do have Forte in third place, just because he's tough as nails. I expect him to get a piece, but again. Because he missed the Derby and he missed the Preakness while he was on the vets list with that minor foot bruise, which nobody was concerned was going to take long for him to uh, recover from, and he didn't. Meanwhile, it, I think it's a tough ask for him to win a mile and a half Belmont Stakes against a good field, uh, not having raced since uh, April 1st <laughs> when he won the Florida Derby. So that's over two months ago. Um, so I think it's I think it's asking a little, even though you know, I have full confidence that Pletcher has him geared up and and you know he didn't really even miss any training because of that foot problem, any real training. So I mean he should be fit enough, but I just think it might be asking a little bit much for him to win this race against good horses. And then just rounding out my superfecta, I went with Hit Show. Uh, you know even though it's Aqueduct, he appears to like. New York running in New York. He won the Withers at Aqueduct and finished second in the uh, the Gotham, I think it was. Um, and he was fifth in the Derby. So uh, that that's my superfecta: Tapatrice, Angel of Empire, Forte, and Hit Show. There you go. Put your money on that. <laughs> well, it's for entertainment purposes <laughs> only. For, yes, yes, of course. On this of course, of course. <laughs> so next time we talk horse racing, will be uh, the start of the uh, Saratoga racing meet season in mid-July. Here it comes already. Yeah. I mean, I just, we go through the same cycle every year. You know, you, it gets on top of you in a hurry. You don't realize it, and all of a sudden, we, we got to crank it up. Yep. So we'll, yep. we'll, we'll we'll be getting there shortly. And of course, Mike will be featured every week during the during, during the meet on the uh, Parting Shots podcast. Mike, enjoy Belmont, and uh, hope you win some money. Uh, I, I just hope we can breathe down. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> if we can if we can get over that hurdle, that'll, that'll be a good start. Yeah, that's true. Thanks that's for true. having me on. All right, thanks, Mike. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk some Union College women's hockey. Their t- captain is coming back. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast.
If you really want to know what's going on in your community, you have to read the Daily Gazette. We don't take a side. We're right down the middle and we're going to get to the truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity from the first page to the last page, independent, probing journalism. We're finding out what's going on in the community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are. It's what we do. Hi, this is Mark Kestisher, the voice of the NBA on ESPN Radio and college football on ESPN Radio. I grew up in Gilderland. I'm a proud member of the 518, and I go back over 30 years with Ken Schott. And when I'm not listening to his Schottsky Radio, I'm listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Here's Ken. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, last week, Union College announced that senior women's team captain Emily King was going to return for another season for the Dutch women. Uh, some good news for the team. Emily, one of the more popular players and a, a great leader and one of the person who's not afraid to speak her mind. Uh, King had a year of eligibility remaining because of the uh, canceled 2020-21 season during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, it was interesting to find out how she was able to uh, – get back uh, for one more year to play and because uh, Union does not offer graduate uh, programs so you know other players have had to go through the transfer portal to do that but uh, she'll explain how she was able to do that she's also on the call with uh, uh, head coach Josh Skiba so here's my interview with Emily King and Josh Skiba so Emily when I talked to you back at the, in February um, when I asked what, what do you want to do with your life after what we thought was going to be your, your last uh, weekend of the season. And you said life is short, and I don't know, and I haven't decided. What led to the decision about coming back? Um, honestly, my, my teammates, I, I didn't want to leave yet. I love the culture that I've been part of building for the last four years. And I, you know, I wanted to prolong growing up, I guess. But also, it's just been a great four years, and... I am really happy to be part of, you know, the team that we've built thus far. And I think we have more in us for next year. And I just, I want to be a part of it. I don't want to, I don't want to leave yet. I know I can be an influential part of that. So I'm just excited to have the opportunity to come back. Yeah. How are you able to, I mean, obviously you're, you're a senior uh, and we know Union doesn't really have graduate programs to, to so explain how you're able to do this. So I'm prolonging my graduation and, I obviously we have the year of COVID that I have an extra year of eligibility through that, um, and then I'm I'm able to make it happen because I was an econ major, English minor, and through union and NCAA eligibility, I mean changing my minor to a major and using the extra terms to finish my major so that I'm a double major. I'm eligible to play at Union still. Okay, that's that seems simple enough. Uh, hey, what is it about this team? Obviously, you guys set a record for most wins, but you know, unfortunately, you guys faded down the stretch in league play and missed out on the playoffs. Obviously, this year with the change, you'll be going to the postseason. But what was it about this season that made it so special and made it made you maybe want to come back and uh, do it again? I mean, again, it always goes back to my teammates, but I think that, like, I mean, I stayed all the time, and I came in to Union, and the culture was not the best and most healthy, and 
after my first year, I wasn't even sure if I fully wanted to come back, but then I stayed and I, that's something that I am proud of myself for that I, I wanted to take the time to actually truly make an impact at the program. And I've made some of the best friendships of my life and I've had some of the best times. And I think just to see where it was in the beginning, when I got here to where it is now and how I've been a part of that change. Um, I just, I wanted to do one more year to see what else I could do, maybe leave some sort of legacy or just also play another year of hockey because who doesn't want to do that. And then also there's just a lot of incoming people. Not The team's not changing that much uh, going into next year. So I think that's also an exciting aspect and it'll be cool to see how, you know, this big group of fresh, like first years is going to come in and how they're going to help us and push the people who are returning to be even better and I think it's going to be a more competitive season within the team as well, which I think is just only positive for our group. Yeah, Josh, for you, we, we, yeah, I know when I mentioned at the top of this back in February that, that you know, with the you know, Emily not really knowing what she wanted to do, did, did you have an inkling that maybe this was going to happen, or you know, how did this process work for you? Um, I think we always wanted it to happen. I think we, we definitely wanted here to come back for another year. Um, I think it went in kind of waves a little bit. Uh, we had to work some things out from, from our end. We had to figure out how we could do it academically um, and, and make it feasible for her to, to be able to come back, right? So, um, yeah, it's kind of gone in waves, but I think we're really, really lucky. We're fortunate that we're going to have our, our captain back for another year which is great for, for our team. And I think the fact that she's excited to be with her teammates and be with the same team again for another year uh, is real positive for us. What does it mean for the program? Just, you know, the, that, the, you know, she was obviously a leader on this team and, you know, she had a, a, a career season uh, this season. You know, to have her come back and, you know, lead this team, what does it mean? Yeah, I, I, I think it's fantastic. I think I – think- I think she can do even much, even more next year, right? I think to have your captain come back to say that she wants to be part of it again for another year, I think, you know, for, for us as a staff is huge to, to have your, your leadership intact for another year. Um, and we've got a great group of captains, but I think to have someone back that uh, has gone through this experience, has played at uh, at this level for, for, you know, three years, and is going to get that year of COVID back essentially next year. Uh, to have someone with that kind of experience and, and knowing what she did this year, we again we believe she can do so much more next year. You know, and I know we we always talk about with Kinger, we talk about like her fire and her passion and her competitiveness. But I think what doesn't get talked about enough is just her ability to to finish and her ability to produce. And I think we saw that. And, seeing where she can go next season to be one of the most uh you know dominant players in, in my opinion in our league if she wants to be yeah uh emily, what do you see about this emily for you what do you see about this team next year obviously building off of what you did um i sorry i think it cut out could you say that again yeah sure uh we uh, what do you see about this team that you know could make the make you guys even do better you know, obviously you, you want to build on what you, you uh, had last year with the what the record setting wins yeah i mean i think our one thing that's really special about our team is we just all care so much and we put in so much hard work and especially in the spring this year we were absolutely killing it in the weight room and 
all of our extra running and we were playing in an intramural soccer league for more fun things to like you know just be more well-rounded and it was it was really fun I think that we can translate that well especially through the care that everyone had that they're going to keep doing all summer to come back and crush our testing and get back on the ice as a team you know in just a few months here and think that everyone just wants to be here which is really fun to be part of a team that is happy and like grateful to to just be there and play and I think that also again with a big group of freshman class coming in or for, sorry excuse me first year class coming in I think that it's just going to make our team more competitive and I think that that's something that we need and um we're all going to be fighting for playing time and I think that'll make us just become better overall yeah. and it'll be cool to see how important is it to no, even you know what you're not going to you're going to be playing in the postseason. But how important is it to you know play like you want to put yourself in a position where you're having home ice in the first round or even get, getting a first round bye? Yeah, we already started talking about it this year, but we are going to do these like little milestone checkups, and I think we're going to do like a a puck or some or something. We'll put it on an award shelf or something as we keep meeting these little goals, but. I met a few weeks ago. Uh, I'll keep like all the, you know, uh, award things that we want to do uh, for now. But like, we just want to meet all these little milestones. And I think that if we stay on track with what our plan is to do that, we're going to put ourselves in a really good position for the playoffs. And I also think that, you know, though it's an automatic bid, like we still have that fire. Like we, we don't want to settle just for that last place bid. Like we want, to be the top team like I think we can I know we can I think we have the right people and uh I think that just with the, the mindset and like the passion that we all have for the game it's, you know we, we don't want to be in last place like we want to win every game and I I think that we have that Josh I me mean, you don't lose much from from this uh from this year's team so you mean you're just gonna have a pretty good squad coming back uh I mean how important is that I think it's really important. I think now, again, having another the team coming back that's experienced for one more year, um, everybody knows what to expect. They know uh, what the coaches expect from them. And, you know, obviously we had, we had the best team this year that, that we've ever had statistically, right? So, um, me, you have a motivated group. You have a motivated group that cares, that's pushing in the right direction. We're adding some first-year players that we feel like are going to fill different spots for us and are going to push that competitiveness within the team. Um, so, it's it's really important. I think we, we have a really special group that uh, I think can surprise a lot of teams in our league. And, you know, like Kinger said, I mean, we, we are pushing for a championship next season. And it's something that we have talked to our players about here at the end of the year and that's that's our mission like that's where we're we're trying to go that's how we're gonna continue to coach our athletes and that's what we uh, expect every single day so um yeah that's that's kind of our mission right now but it's it's great to have the same team back i think we're we're motivated to do even more than what we did this year Emily, knowing you from the you know, times I've talked to you, you're not afraid to speak your mind. Uh, is, is how much fun you could be able to maybe uh, speak your mind again uh, this coming season? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love talking. <laughs> as, I mean, as, I'm gonna get my my girls motivated. I'm I'm gonna try to do it. And I just I really like our group, and I 
we aren't, we aren't playing to lose. Like, we don't want to go out there and lose. That would just be we're, – we're just not going to do that because we're too good to do that. But I just think that, you know, as whatever I can say or do or anything to support, you know, the people on our team, I'm I'm proud that they want me to be their leader and help them in that way. And I, I just – find ways to connect with each girl individually and find ways that you know I can help motivate them like I more specifically like Marin and I just beat each other up on the ice and that's what gets Marin going or like other people need you know more words like more talking or more uh, good feedback and I I try to take the time to get to know everyone as well as I can and I think that's the you know minimum that a captain should do but I just yeah, I like I like talking. I guess. <laughs> and Josh, for you, just to have, have to have somebody like Emily who's not afraid to uh, speak her mind. How, man, how important is that? Um, well, we we look forward to Kinger speaking her mind more often. We we get a lot of that, so we love it. So we're not gonna. She's definitely gonna keep that going. But I think the one thing that Kinger brings, I mean, um, that our team needs is just mindset. And I think uh, Kinger's Kinger's changed that for our team in a lot of ways. Where she's put herself in situations where she's told herself, "Hey, I can do something. Our team can do something." She believes it, so people will follow her. And I think that's helped create a mindset where. You know, our team believes we can do certain things. And uh, I think that's been a big hump to try and get over in the time that I've been here where, you know, maybe we've had some doubt in certain situations or, you know, because things have happened in the past, people believe that things can't get done. And I think Kinger's always had this mindset where, hey, we can do things. She's going to push her team around her to be able to do these things. And, and people want to follow her, right? She's going to instill belief in our teammates. So um, for me, that's, that's going to be part of her legacy. It's just that mindset and um, how it's changed and, and how it's changed people around her. So I, I think that's something really special to, to her, her personality. My story on Emily King's uh, decision to come back is online at dailygazette.com. So I hope you get a chance to read it. Well, coming up, we're going to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winner in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. Meet Andrew Waite. He's a dedicated journalist with a passion for research and a commitment to getting all sides of the story. Whether it's a local issue or an upstate trend, I do the stories and interviews that shed light on what's important to you. Stay informed. Read Andrew Waite in the Daily Gazette. It's my job to offer commentary about what's happening in our community and what it means to our readers. The Gazette, reporting based on accuracy and integrity. It's who we are. It's what we do. Take the Daily Gazette, the local voice of the Capital Region, along with you wherever you go. Want to win an Apple iPad? Download the app at either the Apple App Store or Google Play and enter the contest inside the app to win. Don't wait. The contest ends July 31st at midnight. The winner will be notified by the email used to enter the contest. Good luck. Hi, this is Union College Athletic Director Jim McLaughlin. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast. The Week 15 winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest was Paul Walker with 55 points. Paul wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, Paul. The VIP winner was Dwayne Leach of All Seasons Equipment with 20 points. 
I'll announce the auto racing contest winner's name, and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the auto racing contest banner. Just because COVID-19 mandates are easing, that does not mean you should relax. Be vigilant. If you have not gotten vaccinated or a booster shot, please do so. Do it for yourself, do it for your family, and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I want to thank Mike McAdam, Emily King, and Josh Skiba for being on the show. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. The views expressed in the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette company. I'm Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports.